welcome to Cowboy Jim's Stories Around the Campfire. I hope you've been enjoying the podcast so far. Several people have talked to me and said that they have enjoyed the stories and are looking forward to many more of them. One thing to keep in mind is it's a good idea to follow me if you can, and I would certainly appreciate any positive feedback you can give. That will help a lot. One thing somebody has mentioned to me, actually it was my son Ben, and he'd said that you know people really would like to know about your horses on the ranch and what you did and what they were like. And so today I want to tell you a little bit about our horses. We had a lot of them and used quite a few of them on the ranch, on several ranches around. The one that probably stands in my mind, first of all, is a big old buckskin that we had. We called him Matt Dillon because of the old uh, Gunsmoke show. It looked like his horse. Matt was a big horse, uh, very strong, not particularly fast, but uh, he was a great roping horse, and he probably knew about uh, punching cattle more than anybody that I knew. He was so good. He could cut, not real fast, but he could do that. He could follow something. He could really go through the brush. And like I said, you could really rope from him. You got a rope on something big, Matt would be able to move it. So I learned a lot from Matt, just riding him and knowing how to work cattle and what it was like. He was a lot of fun. When he got older, he would be running up the hills and he was like old horses, full of gas. And so he'd go running up the hill and he'd be rooting and tooting. And it was really pretty funny. Uh, I mean, some of them were pretty loud and explosive farts, you know? <laughs> One time there was a lady with us. My brother and I were riding and she was riding along on another horse. And we're running up after some cows up on a hill. And there goes Matt. And he really lets off a string of big ones like he's blown the acorns out of the trees. <laughs> and my brother and I were dying laughing. And this lady who was kind of elegant, she's sitting there and finally she said, my, he is dramatic, isn't he? <laughs> I will never forget Matt Dillon. He was a great, great horse. The horses that we used a lot around that same time, one was we called Old Yeller. She was, like you sound, kind of an old yellow horse, a quarter horse, not particularly bright, I don't think, but she was what we had, and she was gentle. She could be used by just about anybody. I remember one time, Mom was riding her, and we had gotten into the habit often of when we had big gates that would swing as to try to open and close them without getting off the horse. Uh, when we're moving things especially. And I remember one day we had been moving cattle a lot and we were headed back to the house. We're riding and I don't remember whether I was, I was the one opened the gate or not. And anyway, we got through and mom went over and she was trying to get old Yeller to go up against the fence there and close the fence, the gate, I mean, without uh, without getting off. And suddenly for some reason, that old yellow horse just kept backing away slowly from the the gate. And mom's leaning more and more off to the side, trying to get that gate closed. And you know it. Uh, all of a sudden, there's mom on the ground. She had completely fallen off of old yeller because that horse just kept moving away 
from the gate. We tried really hard not to laugh, but the truth is that was pretty impossible. And so we laughed, mom got back up on Yeller after closing the gate and we went on back to the house. We had some others that were really good cow horses. We had Tag. Tag was a really beautiful sorrel horse. When we got him, he was only maybe three and a half or four years old. Beautiful. He arched neck. You know, he knew he was good looking. And he was. And at first, he didn't know anything about working cattle. But he learned quickly. And he was a favorite one to ride. He could cover country. One of the times I remember we were still training him. We were uh, trying to, well, in fact, we were working some cattle and we had to rope something. And uh, dad roped from tag. And one of the first times, I think, that he really latched on something. And we got him. We got the critter down and we're holding it there. Uh, it, was, it was a pretty big yearling. And we look over there as we're holding it. And I forget whether we're giving it shots or or what we're doing. And we look up. And there is Tag over there. He's been wandering along. The rope has a total sag in it. And Tag is grazing away there on the grass. Now, if you know anything about what a roping horse is supposed to do, he's supposed to keep that rope tight so that he helps hold the, the animal, whatever you have down there. But he didn't know that yet. And he was having a really good time eating away at whatever he could. Tag was, like I said, really pretty and a good one to ride, and uh, he could go for days, it seemed like, without getting tired. He was just one of our favorites, and he, he did learn to become a really good roping horse. He would hold things like he was supposed to, but that was Tag. We have some good pictures of him that are really, really pretty. Along with him, we got, at the same time, we got a horse we called Rawhide. Rawhide, I don't even know the color to call him, except he was kind of brown, a little bit of a tan. He was kind of a rawhide color, but we called him rawhide because he was tough. He was the, I loved riding him, uh, especially where we rode in both uh, up at our Newcastle place. And then when we went on down to Fruta there in Colorado in that area, a lot of brush. And he was a real brush popper. And by that, I mean, he didn't know the idea of going around. He just went over or through. And when you're moving a bunch of cattle, and especially some of the wild cattle we had there in Fruta, uh, he was a great one to ride. One time I was riding Rawhide, and we were just getting ready to move a bunch of cattle up onto the range uh, in, in the um, early summer, late spring, somewhere in there. And as we were gathering everything there, we suddenly found a calf that had been born like the night before, hadn't been branded. And so dad jumped off and he started to make a fire. And we always carried a little iron with us so we could do that. Started heating the iron and he told me to catch the calf. So I shook out my rope. I, I roped the calf, which wasn't hard because he he was just standing right there. But the rope surprised him, and he jumped and ran, and he literally ran right underneath Rawhide. Of course, the rope slapped up against Rawhide's uh, belly because I was tied tight to the saddle. And so Rawhide started bucking, uh, kind of a jump, jump buck, but he was bucking there. And Dad's trying to get the fire going, and it was uh, quite a mess there for a minute. I remember Dad just said, Jim, quit playing around there and bring that calf over here.
Rye did not like ropes so much, and especially up against his belly. There was another time I was riding rawhide, and uh, we were gathering quite a few cattle off of, it was a big area there in Fruta. We called it a chained area. That means it, it had mostly was grown over with sagebrush and brush, but somebody at one point had taken, you take two big caterpillars, really, a big strong chain between them, and you just drag that over the whole area, and it rips up all that sagebrush. And then it becomes a pretty good pasture when you seed it. And we were up there gathering quite a few cattle, moving them on up to our high place. As I was going along, I suddenly realized I had a herd there. I was moving about, I suppose it was 30, 35 head dead. And my sister were up another place trying to gather some things. I think mom was somewhere else. And I realized I had a wild bull in the group. Now, in that area, a lot of cattle had gone wild down through the years. And we always tried to gather them, capture them, mostly for the excitement more than anything else. They were truly wild. One time, my sister and I were, we were trying to catch, uh, try to find the wild cattle. And we snuck up over a hill kind of crawling up on our bellies because we knew what was down the other side. And we looked, and sure enough, there were several of those wild cattle and a herd of deer mixed in there. And we were being very, very quiet, we thought. And we put our heads up over, we're watching, and all of a sudden, those wild cattle put up their heads. They had smelled us or seen us, I don't know what, and they took off running. And those deer, they just kept grazing. They hadn't seen us at all. That's how those wild cattle were. They were wild. Well, I had a big two-year-old bull in with all the other animals I was gathering there. He had horns, if you can imagine, that kind of came straight out from his head, not to the side, but right forward. He was mostly Angus. He looked like pretty black, but I was going to try to gather him in with the rest of the cattle. And uh, so we're moving along there. I'm just on rawhide, working one side to the other over this brush, moving around and everything's going, and that that wild bull is caught kind of in with the rest of the cattle, and he's going along for a while until suddenly he realizes something's not right here, and he starts moving over toward the edge of that uh, group of 30 or 35 head of cattle, and he gets to the edge, and I get over there with rawhide just to kind of move him back in, the, and he was angry. And he turned and he ran right at us with that head down, with those horns coming right straight for Rawhide. It was scary. Rawhide saw that and he said, I don't want any part of that. And he jumped and took off. That bull was after us. And we. it was a good thing that Rawhide just knew how to go through. He just jumped, went through brush, that big old bull chasing us. And then we went down, actually kind of down into a canyon, that thing after us. And we turned around and that bull quit chasing us. He just kept running on down the canyon somewhere. And I'll have to admit, I let him go. I wasn't going to go after that thing at all. Rawhide was also another one I was riding one time. Dad and I were riding across it was kind of the same area and we're moving a few cattle and suddenly one of those big wild cows was right there in front of us. And I thought, 
Oh boy, here we go. So, I mean, this is good, fun cowboy stuff. So I take off on one side and I'm going with Rawhide. And like I said, he just goes over, not around. He just goes through and we're catching. We're coming up to her. And dad was riding one of the other horses we borrowed from a friend, Jock. Jock, I'll tell you a little bit more. He's a really pretty Palomino, but he wasn't too bright. And dad took off after him and he was, we, we had that cow in between us. We both had our ropes out. We're ready to catch her. And, uh, and Jock uh, comes up to a pile of that brush that was all over the place. And dad was used to riding either rawhide or old blue or something like that. And just going over and uh, he's riding and Jock runs up to that. Dad gets all ready to have the horse jump over as we're going. And all of a sudden the horse Jock just stopped dead. Dad was a good rider, and I I saw him fly up. He's hanging on around the, the ears and neck of Jock to keep from falling off. In the meantime, I'd still been chasing after this big cow with rawhide when I saw Dad stop, go flying almost completely off, wrapped around Jock's head and ears. I started laughing so hard, uh, I could not follow that big cow, and, and she got away. I was really glad I was riding Rawhide that day. Well, we had some others. Snake was one. Snake had been, I think, a cow, um, a cowboy roping horse, like rodeo roping, you know. And he was pretty good roper. Uh, he was he was really a fast horse. He was kind of a light sorrel and just a, a good all around horse. But he was a little bit temperamental. There was one time dad was riding him and for some reason snake wanted to buck all day and dad fought him all day long. Every now and then he would just start to buck and he was, he, he could buck pretty hard. I was on him a couple of times when he was bucking and he would come up high and just both all, all four feet all together and just kind of a pile driver coming down. He just, he would just jar your teeth. And it didn't happen often, but when it happened, you better be riding. So, but we kept him around and he usually was fine. But then one day I was getting on early one morning. We were uh, up on the Fruta place way up high up by the cabin there. We were going somewhere to move some cattle, I guess. I swung on uh, snake as I usually do, just get on the horse ready to go. And for some reason that day, he took off running straight backwards. I have no idea what happened. Nobody knows what was going on. And suddenly he stepped in kind of a little ditch going backwards and he fell over on top of me going. I was downhill a little bit and I couldn't. It happened so fast. I couldn't get out. My one foot underneath was hung up in a stirrup. I could just see that saddle horn coming right towards my chest it was it was really, really scary. And plus, he's a big horse, and he's on top of me. Dad jumped off and grabbed the reins and just started pulling so he wouldn't roll right over the top of me. He would have split me like a wishbone. Snake started scrambling and finally got his feet under him, got up. I ran a little bit there. I don't know, not far, maybe uh, 25, 30 feet before I could kick my uh, foot out of that other stirrup. I was fine, but that was it. And I think uh, dad finally said, you know, I'll ride him today. And he rode him. And I rode whoever dad was on that day, probably tag. And, and right after that, uh, we sold 
snake. It was it was just too hard to uh, be able to trust him. We heard that uh, somebody bought him up and put him in a bucking string of a small rodeo. If that's the case, I wish I could have seen him because that horse really knew how to buck. One other in that group, one of my favorites, was Barney. <laughs> Barney's a crazy name for a horse, I suppose. But Barney, he got his name because every he wasn't really fast. He was a, a big bay thoroughbred, uh, really high withers, smart as could be, but he wasn't particularly fast until he realized we were headed back to the barn. And that's when he would always pick up his feet and suddenly he was faster than the rest of the horses when he knew he was headed back. That was Barney. But Barney was a cotton horse. A cotton horse means that he his his best use was when you're in a herd of cattle and you're trying to get this cow or this calf or whatever separated from the rest. And you and they do it by following them and they're just so fast with their feet that that cow or calf or whatever tries to get back in the herd and Barney was so fast, could cut it off, was so smart. He he was just really, really fun to ride. You better be riding because he was really, really quick. There was a time there, I think, for a couple of years there uh, up by the Newcastle place. I felt like there wasn't anything in the world that could get away from Barney and me. He was just that good. And I could ride pretty well. There was one time, and this didn't usually happen. This isn't always what you think of cutting, but we were moving a group of cattle and suddenly, again, a young bull, just uh, kind of a yearling, a little more than that. He broke off from the herd and he started running away. And I went after him with Barney and it was a pretty good race, pretty pretty much full out run. And suddenly that, that young bull just swapped ends, if you can imagine, and headed back towards the end. And Barney had been right on him, and he swapped ends and headed right back because he knew what he was doing. And fortunately, I was hanging on. I will have to admit, I really did grab onto the saddle horn, but I made it, and we went back. And that was amazing. I couldn't believe it. I went back later, actually, and I went back to see how quickly Barney had turned there. And I went and I found the tracks where the bull had turned back. And then I found Barney's tracks and absolute truth. You could have covered all four of those feet where he stopped and turned. You could have covered it with a, a big uh, wash basin, you know, about maybe, maybe in a four foot uh, circumference. He could really, really turn. I've seen Barney lose some good riders uh, just because he was so fast. And if you weren't sitting in that saddle right and everything good, uh, he would lose you. He was so good though, because he tried not to lose you. Uh, he would feel you going and he would kind of swing kind of underneath you and then pick you up and then keep going. Barney was a lot of fun. And there are times like that, you really feel like a cowboy, you know, when you're riding him. Those are the ones we had right at the beginning. We A little bit later, we got one old blue. Blue was a kind of a blue dapple roan sort of thing. Uh, later, when he got older, he turned almost all white, but we still called him old blue. He was a big, big horse like Matt Dillon was, turned into a really good roping horse. And again, 
if you roped something with Old Blue, you could really make sure you held on to it. One time I was on the Wimanooch place and I was out looking for, actually we had a couple of young bulls. They were supposed to be steers and somebody had missed them. And so I was going to finish the job. And uh, I was going along, I was by myself, and suddenly I saw one of these part bulls running there, and I got after him uh, with Old Blue and with the rope, and I'm getting right up on him, and I, I got him. I, I got the, uh, the bull. I'm not a great roper, but I can usually get it done. But I got him. But what I wasn't ready was that uh, that bull stopped dead just as soon as the rope was on him. We're running past him yet, and everything snapped tight. I usually tied tight to the horn. Actually sat poor old Blue right down on his haunches before we had him. But we got him. I went ahead and, and cut him and, and got the castration done there, and that was fine. Well, then there was one more. We got ready. I shook out my loop and got going, and this one was even wilder. He took off, and suddenly he just went right through a barbed wire fence. I was after him, and I thought, oh boy, I've got a fence to fix now. But I kept on going. He opened it up so much, I could get right through too. And we went after him, and we're running across this big pasture. I'm having a hard time catching up to him because he was really going, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And all of a sudden, that uh, bull came up to the Wimanooch Crick, and it was running pretty high, and he tried to jump it but it was too wide. He jumped in and sank down completely underneath the water. It was that deep, came up, and I will admit I cheated. First of all, I laughed really hard because it looked really funny. And secondly, while he's floating there in the in the creek, I just threw my loop out and caught him while he was in the water and pulled him out and did what needed to be done. Old Blue was around for a long time, like all of our horses, and always made life fun because he was uh, such a fun big horse to ride. Well, we had some other horses that we really enjoyed, but I'm running out of time here today, so enjoy these. It was time of being a cowboy, a time of riding, roping, branding, everything you can imagine, and our horses were really, really good. I've got some more. I'll let you know about them some other time. Don't forget to follow me. Don't forget to like me if you get a chance as we have Cowboy Jim's stories around the campfire.